Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thank you for listening. Lots of great tweets and uh, comments about uh, our opening two episodes where Ray Ferraro went through his NHL career and how he got from Trail BC all the way to the NHL to the broadcast booth. So thanks for listening, everybody. And now, more of a traditional show. The season has started. It is Thursday, October 4th, as we record this, and plenty to talk about after only one night uh, on and off the ice, and uh, looking forward to uh, to doing just that. Subscribe uh, to the show wherever you get podcasts from, and uh, Stitcher app as well, com on the website, or uh, again, wherever you get podcasts from, uh, thank you very much. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, the guy we really want to hear from, 18 years in the NHL, turned TSN lead color analyst. Ray Ferraro, what's up, Ray? How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm um, as we're doing this. I'm walking around looking for my headset because I can't find that. And yeah, it's one of those days. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I've got my glasses on, but I might not. You oh know, it's boy! Like, you know, so so I'll try and be sharp. At some point, I'll be sharp here, but I can't find my headset. So <laughs> now, last week, your headset was missing also, and you had to go buy the a uh, twenty dollar one. Yes, it's a, and that's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> okay, all right. I didn't know if you had found the original one that I think Riley lost. I don't know. Yeah, but see, this is but this is exactly why I buy a twenty dollar one. Right, you said that. Right. <laughs> but I thought I would get more than one week out of it. Okay. It's gotta it's gotta be here somewhere. Like I don't know. Uh, so if you hear me, if you hear some noise, everybody yeah. during the show, it's just because I'm walking around and I'm looking for the headset because. Now it's. I don't even care if I find it, I'm, but I'm determined to win the battle. Yes, right, exactly. Uh, did you get any snow that Calgary got? Oh no, we have an amazing day okay. in uh, in Vancouver today, and uh, favorite time of year when the sun's up. You know, the temperatures is of course they're a little cooler, and it yep. just it seems so unexpected to get a day like this. So I just love it. Right, and but as for that just sucks. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I guess Winnipeg got it too. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's get started. Plenty to talk about. Something new I want to try to do each show, um, and hopefully we keep it up. I, I keep trying to remember it. Is uh, there's a great site out there? It's uh, well, there's lots of sites out there, but one of them that's really good is Hockey Reference, and uh, it's got game logs for every player. Uh, that just about played in the NHL. They they started eighty seven eighty eight, so we don't quite have your first three or four years here. But uh, we we have a game log for you for every single game you played in your career. And um, so what I thought I'd do. Oh, you found your headset. I did. Yeah, nice. Okay. Good. All right. It was right. It was actually right on the kitchen table. It wasn't that hard <laughs> okay. to find. Right. So uh, Ray's game of the day. It's October fourth, as I said. Uh, the season started later back in the day, but there was one year uh, early on in your career that I found that you played on this date, October fourth, nineteen ninety six. 
You are with the LA Kings. You are playing your old New York Islanders. Unfortunately, the only mark on the uh, on the score on the uh, sheet is uh, two penalty minutes slashing 754 <laughs> of the first. So your first game of the year, 754 in, you're in for slashing. See that I don't see I don't remember this game, but mm-hmm. an early slashing penalty sets the tone. <laughs> okay, right, right. Um, God, I. You know what? I don't know. I'm sure there's some way to find out, but of my thousand plus penalty minutes, I'd like to know how many were slashing penalties. Slashing, which means you were like away from a player a little bit, but still angry enough to take a swing at him, like enough stick yeah, within like, stick length, right? Because there's not too many. It's because it's not like today when you know you get a slashing penalty for reaching out and whacking a guy's stick. Yeah. Back when I played, you got a slashing penalty because you you laid the wood to somebody. <laughs> you took a baseball swing at somebody. And rarely, rarely can that ever be considered a good penalty. Right. So yeah. I'm a I'm curious as to, to how many slashing penalties <laughs> I might have taken. Maybe someone we can uh, – it's called um, – uh, we can uh, rip the data. We can uh, what's that? What's that word called? Uh, all the all the tech guys are yelling into their into their uh, phones right now. Rip the. Uh, I forgot. What do you mean? You, 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 there's programs where you can you can get all the data that's on this NHL reference, and you can pull your penalties. You really can. okay? If somebody if somebody knows how to do that, let us know. Yeah, because I'm really curious. Yeah, yeah. You there are ways think- of doing it. I think the answer is going to be too many. <laughs> so uh, one shot on goal. Kings won one nothing. Stefan Fiste with the, with the with what? Would did Eddie Olchek score that game? Yeah, he did. Okay, and I can tell you the goal, and I can tell <laughs> so, you why I know. So you do remember this game? So Eddie spent all day in the hospital because his wife was delivering a baby. Okay. Edzo, she has the baby. I I don't remember if it was Tommy or Eddie. I think it was Tommy. And he races to the rink. He gets there. I think he ate a couple of sandwiches for, for pregame. Right. And he scored the, scored the only goal. Wow. So you do remember it. That's funny. So the, the Fise with the shutout just jogged your memory. You're like, one nothing. Uh, yeah. Well, as soon as you said one nothing Islanders, I'm like, I didn't know for sure it was the Islanders. I'm like, oh, I know this for sure. Right, right. It was a backhand. It was a backhand. Too. <laughs> Nordstrom and Blake got the assist from point to point to uh, to Eddie. And uh, like I said, you got slashing penalty, 754 the first. And undefeated we were yes. at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's Ray's NHL game of the day. Stay tuned next show. I'll pull another date out or two and. See if we can figure it out and see how, you know, you're, you're already one for one. I'm impressed. So we're starting already. Yeah, I told, I told you I got a lot of stuff rattling around up here. <laughs> exactly. Can't remember where your uh, headset is or your wedding ring, but the nope. uh, the one nothing goal from Eddie O, no problem. I get that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, all right, let's get started here. We got lots to talk about, lots to cover. I want to talk to you about the Blue Jackets and Brendan Shanahan and Tom Wilson and the Whaler jerseys, and we got questions from people on Twitter, but let's get into last night's games. As I said, the opening night kicked off. Uh, my Toronto Maple Leafs got, came away with an overtime victory, um, and honestly, from the preseason games I watched to this regular season game, uh, they they got some work to clean up, right? They, they're uh, they're dangerous in both ends, as you like to say. Yeah, they played they played the way they played the preseason. Um, I you know they weren't particularly strong. They 
didn't carry a lot of the play. Um, they didn't spend much time in the offensive zone. They didn't hold the puck in there. They didn't really make Montreal scared of their speed. They spent way too much time in their zone, and the goalie was terrific. So it's not a winning formula, but I think there's going to be a lot of nights where they just don't have it, yet they're good enough to win. I mean, the, the two goals by Matthews and then the, the one by Tavares were just all three of them just terrific shots, and I mean, Price isn't going to stop any of them. And, no. Um, and they, you know, they have enough to win, but you know, I, I thought Ron Haynes, he had a really, really tough night. The Zaitsev Gardner pair wasn't very good. I thought Travis Dermott was their was their best defenseman last night. Uh their centers were good. The wingers not so much. Um it wasn't it wasn't a great night for them, but they got two points in the bank. Yeah. Might be one of those sort of uh things that they might play where they have they have skill and they just need a few shots, a few chances. And they can win games when they don't bring in their A game, you know? Well, I, I think they're going to do that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, however, it, you can do it in the season, and over the course of time, you know, it will catch up to you. Like, they, the best part about that is there's no illusions that, that, that they played well last night. Yeah. The coach said it. The players said it. They were all pretty certain that that wasn't their best night. Mm-hmm. They get a lot better in front of them. And, um, you know, I put it this way, I'd certainly take that as opposed to the way Boston started. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Carey Price was great. They need they need that. The Habs need that from him. Uh, he had his worst statistical year last year. He was great, man. He was really good and um, has to be. And, you know, we're – Last year's numbers were just were just so unpriced. Like we're so unaccustomed to seeing those numbers attached to his name, and mm-hmm. um, you know some of that is health. Uh, last year there seemed to be, uh, and starting right at training camp, and it went through the year. There was just like a cloud of bad air around them. Whether it was, you know, the Galchenyuk last year, the contract. What are they going to do with him? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacioretty's entering into his contract. Um, you know, the, the fallout of the Subban Weber trade still hanging around, you know, like yeah. it just didn't seem there wasn't anything positive about it yet this year, you know, they, the expectations are minuscule and they had a really good camp. There seems to be a lot of excitement around their team. Uh, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi has everybody excited in Montreal. I can't remember the last time there was a rookie that really had the people this inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of lots of things to be positive about. They had a very good training camp. They're trying to play quicker, and they played really well last night. And just like I said, there's going to be a lot of nights where Toronto probably doesn't play great and wins. I think there's going to be a lot of nights where Montreal plays well mm-hmm. and doesn't. How about Claude Julien scratching Carl Alsner? Just signed a big deal one year ago. And just, I don't know if that's, I mean, I guess he just took his best six, right, Ray? I mean, it's not a message, but in a way it's a message. Oh, it's a message. Yeah. It's a message for yeah. sure. I mean, it's not a message about the streak. I, I don't think anybody would relish stopping somebody's consecutive game streak. I mean, I, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. 
Um, but if you're that player, it matters a lot. It's something you're proud of. You show up for work every day. There's games. I'm sure Carl's felt terrible and has found a way onto the ice, whether mm-hmm. he's banged up or had the flu or whatever it is. And it's over. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I mean, I don't know what – I guess that one would be – I don't know. I was just going to say, I think that way to lose the streak would make me more aggravated than losing it like Cogliano did last year. Right. Suspension. Yep. But both of them suck. Right. Yeah, I thought that was a big – I'm like, wow. I, I read it, the headline like twice. I'm like, holy smokes. Like, yeah, just – But they want to yep. be, be faster. They mm-hmm. want to move the puck quicker. Yep. And Alsner has not been great in Montreal. Didn't have a, a great training camp. Maybe, maybe he finds another gear. But man, they got four years. I think four point seven five left on them. They better find another gear. <laughs> yeah, him. yeah. So you mentioned the Bruins uh, seven nothing. Caps shut them out. They raised the banner, and uh, Brad Marchand was up to his usual tricks. And we'll talk to that in a, about that in a second. I think I know where you stand on that. Um, but can you remember? Getting blown out. Talk about your memory. Can you remember getting blown out in a season opener? And does it matter? To, does it set the tone for anything? Does it, you know, how how does that? Is it? Just, no. It, it, what it is is a just one like of eighty two. You know. Well, it's a it's a dash of cold water in your face. Yep. You know, like wait a minute here. That wasn't good enough. Like not by a long shot. And you know, it started early on. Uh, Tuka Rask was fumbling the puck around in the crease, and it was 2 nothing. 90 seconds into the game. And, uh, you know, and it never got any better. He gives up five, and then Yarl Halak comes in. And, like, they didn't have it, and they got their lunch handed to them. Yep. But it doesn't mean any more than that. However, it's embarrassing, and it's humbling, and you want to get back at it as quick as you can. Yeah. Have you, can you remember for your own instance any time? Uh, no, not no. like that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. lots of games where you get, you know, where the night doesn't go well. Yeah. I, I want, you know, I want to say we lost our either our second or third game in franchise history in it, in Atlanta. I think we lost 9 nothing to Jersey or something or 7 nothing. Okay, yeah, yeah, one of those nights. That was just like an exclamation point on how bad we thought we were going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you make? Brad Marchant uh, beats up Lars Eller. He he didn't like the way he was celebrating. Uh, the game was out of reach already by then. I don't think it was this. Was it the seventh goal? I think it might have been the seventh. Yeah, one. it was. And uh, and he did a little you know celebration by the bench. And so Brad Marchant comes out and uh, basically just jumps him and gives him a couple shots. And and I don't know if it, if everybody's reacting because it's Brad Marchant or whether it's uh, just the code or whatever. What's your take on the whole situation? Well. As the game spreads out, the the code, which of course has never been written down, yep. um, it's just what you know, is that you don't celebrate anymore. You tone down the celebrations. And I don't even really know why Eller did that. You know, he's not a showboat. He's not a mm-hmm. loud mouth. He's actually a really thoughtful guy. Um, spent a little bit of time around him last year at the finals and was super impressed with him yep now i don't know what happened but something must have happened during the game because you of course we don't know we're sitting on our couch yeah. and you don't know and so to celebrate obviously ticks those guys off they're also embarrassed because it's now seven nothing and marshawn kind of he loses it for a second and he's like screw that guy i'm gonna punch him in the face yeah and so the way I've described it is 
oftentimes we want a perfect solution to NHL hockey for a very imperfect game. There's should Eller have celebrated? Probably not. Should Marchand jumped him? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But both things happened, and you can say that's in the game. But I, I you know, I don't know. What, yeah. I mean, they gave him two, five, and ten. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else they're going to do. They're not going to suspend him. They shouldn't. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it's funny though. It becomes the talking point of the game, not the fact that the Bruins, who yeah. went to China for you know that exhibition series along with Calgary, both of them lost their opening game seven nothing and five two. Yep. Maybe there's something to that to talk about, as opposed to Marshan, you know, punching Eller in the face. Yeah, it's not like Eller's a. It's not like Eller's a fighter either, right? No, like, no, hell no. <laughs> um, so it was an odd spot. I'm not a Marshan fan. We saw him licking people. We've seen all his suspensions, all his issues. But on the other hand, when I saw the replay, when Eller did it by the bench, I'm like, yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why? W- yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I yeah, mean, that part was guy, like. Yep. Honestly, I could see Marshan doing that if <laughs> yeah. if there was something going on, like yep. he goes by and you know twirls his hand around and you know kind of yep. just to get under the skin a little bit. But I wouldn't have thought it the other way. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was odd for Eller to do that. That's immediately struck me as you know I, I think we, you you and I both land on the same side of sort of frontier justice in the game and things you can't do nowadays that used to happen to you and all that. But I, I'm at the same time, I'm kind of shaking my head at Eller in this situation. So, um, right. Actually the China thing I, I had on our notes last week to bring up and you and I are guys that travel, uh, pretty extensively and have been over, you know, to Europe a few times and I've never been to Asia, but it, yeah, that's a tough gig, man, to get to, to get used to it when you come back. Absolutely. You know, so to, to get back on the road? Yeah, to get back. No, just to get back into feeling re- right and ready to go and, and, and all of that, you know, from being yeah. in another country. Well, it's even if you prepare yourself, you're coming basically from a dead stop. Yeah. And so, yeah, it does take a little bit to, to get going, to to feel like you're back in the swing of things, I guess is yeah. probably the right way to say it. Now, I will say this, Steve, yesterday when I was – on the plane flying back home, I look across. I ended up tweeting out a picture. Some dude's got his feet or, or mm-hmm. his socks and shoes off on mm-hmm. the plane. Yeah, I'm like, seriously, man. <laughs> like, why don't you just sit bare ass on the seat too? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, oh, that's just so gross. Yeah. Well, I fly in flip flops, but I don't take yeah, them off. Okay. But I don't take them no, off. No, you got your you got your flip flops. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I'm just taking your shoes off. Like, I just, off. I don't get, like, and then he's got, you know, he's got it up. I mean, the only thing he didn't have was he wasn't picking his feet or yeah. his toenails. Yeah, or exactly, clipping his toenails. I, I might have had to go over there and say, hey, buddy, that's uh, that's, <laughs> that's uh, clearly offside. That's a foul. Uh, your, uh, your Vancouver Canucks, like you mentioned, beating uh, Calgary, they looked impressive. They looked pretty hang good. Hang on, hang on. They're not my Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> True. The only the only uh, team you root for is the clock to go quickly when you're going. Yeah, move it along. Right. Although I will say, I just re- see, and this I'd like to say is how much of a multitasker I am. Mm-hmm. As in the middle of that last question, I'm like, hey, the ball game's on. Oh, the ball game's Colorado on. And, oh. Colorado and Milwaukee, end of three. So I just got it on. Just watch Woodruff strike out the last hitter. Zero zero after three. Great. There you go. Good to hear. Glad you're focused on this podcast, Ray. 
No, but see, but there's the thing. You say I'm just focused on time. Right. I am, right. and my time right now is I'm doing two things. I think this is this is really a critical information. Um, so uh, the third period, Flames woke up in the third and really poured it on. Couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't even the score. But uh, Canucks look good, man. Elias, Elias. What what are we saying? Oh man, what, what we've we? only we've only heard seven different pronunciations, right? and it's uh, Elias. Elias. Okay. Elias Pedersen. All right. But it's going to be Elias and I'm, I'm, other things. I'm going Elias. That's what I'm going. So here, here's how crazy this whole thing is gotten now. So, and it's the guy's names. They can have it however they want. So for years it was John Tavares, but John Tavares in the States. Now he says he wants John Tavares. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now all the announcers, you got to get on board. Like, I, I can't be doing a game and yeah. Gordon Miller yeah. call him Tavares and I call him Tavares yep. and Chris Cuthbert do the same. So we got it, Tavares, Tavares, Tavares. But then he tells the PR guy, well, I don't really care. <laughs> well, that's not helping us. Yes, yes. So Brad Marchand has told the Bruins he wants his name pronounced Marchand, not Marsh- Marchand. Okay. Oh, Marchand, okay. Marchand. And so... We're like, well, wait a minute. Did he? I said yesterday, did he go in? Is he going into the witness protection program? Like, why didn't he say this like five years ago? Yeah. And so we got the same thing with Patterson, but is it Patterson? Is it Elias? All I know is he's number 40 and he's super slick. He's good. He man. is a yeah. really good player. And uh, there hasn't been anything this exciting hockey wise in Vancouver since the 2011 finals. Like people are geeked on this kid. Are they really? As huh? much as they, oh yeah, as, as much as they're Brock Besser. Yeah. Last year, um, this is a whole other level. Wow, really? Huh? Okay, because well, Besser, Besser came in. A, remember, he played some games a little bit near the end of the year before. Maybe he came in a little more under the radar. I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, Besser's... but this is this is different. Okay. Um, because Besser Besser can shoot, and he's a really good player. This kid's got all the earmarks of being a star. Yeah. It's the same reason in Montreal why they're so excited about like, the real star. And when you watch Elias Patterson play, man, he has got fabulous hands. He's, his goal last night was just like a rocket wrist shot uh, up over yeah. Mike Smith. Yeah. And for a Canucks team that I don't think is going to win 35 games this year, mm-hmm. um, they played hard. They got goals from their young guys. And, um, I got a uh, a really impressive performance. His release was impressive on that shot. I was just like, oh it, was, it was just gone. It was just there and then ching, up, up, you know. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it was, and then he made a beautiful pass to Obel, and uh, and so, you know, he's got a goal and an assist in his first night. Uh, and uh, lastly, for the shot for the uh, for the opening night, um, Ducks go into uh, San Jose and win. Nice job by uh, the Ducks. Well, it's pretty. It's always pretty interesting at the start of a year what we think is going to happen. If it doesn't happen right away, you have a little bit of panic, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I wonder what's going on there." And you know, so with Eric Carlson going to San Jose, everybody's so geeked that they're one of the best teams in the league, and they actually played pretty good last night. And they ran into a really, really good John Gibson. And they gave up four goals on, I don't know, they didn't have 20 yeah. shots. Anaheim did. Martin Jones nope. didn't have a great night. 
And uh, what was pretty cool for Anaheim is now they've got injuries to Ryan Kessler, who was out with a hip injury. Patrick Eves had shoulder surgery coming off that illness that kept him out all of last year. And then um, they lose Corey Perry with a knee. And so they have to put in a bunch of young guys. And one of their young guys, Max Comtois, scored on his first shift uh, a minute into the game. They They had an empty net goal from another young guy. And so a team that's always been kind of a little older, by necessity, had to get younger. And um, their success is going to be around their young guys. I didn't watch a ton of it. Turned it on a little bit. Saw Eric Carlson make two amazing long-ass passes up the ice. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's good. Eric Carlson's good. They should be a good team. They really should. Now, their forwards are getting a little older. But I, I don't think they're at the point where they drop off you know, so badly that they can't yep. be a good team. Yep. Um, you know, Couture's still really good. Um, Joe Pavelski's still really good. You know, Kane is just entering the prime of his career. Yep. Joe Thornton, I don't know what to expect from him, but, you know, on the power play, I would suspect he's still going to be really dangerous. Is he faster because of no beard, maybe? That's, uh, that's quite a beard, man, to <laughs> shave off. And then they put it on a plate. What? I didn't see that part. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's a picture there. The beard shavings are on a plate. I'm oh, like, God. I don't even care where that plate goes, but that's kind of gross. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right, some uh, some other stuff happening off the ice that uh, I want to get your take on. And, and uh, by the way, talk about Patrick Eve's illness last year. I don't know. I forgot to put this on our notes for, for you and I to talk about, but did you read that athletic story on Lyle Olderline? I did. Holy and, smokes. Um, I didn't know, you know, I had seen the um, the tweet last year that his yep. wife had put out through uh, Aaron Portsline, who's the excellent writer in Columbus, and um, you know, saying that you know he needs your prayers. Yeah. So I, but but nobody really knew any. Certainly, I didn't know. And then to read the story, and it basically it was multiple multiple organ failure. They they transplanted heart, liver. Uh, and a heart heart valve, a liver, and a kidney. And a kidney, right. Yeah. And, you know, he was basically in a coma for a month, and he's come out of it, and he's doing okay. But when he woke up, he was paralyzed from the neck down. <laughs> Could like, only blink. That was it, he said. Like, just amazing. And uh, story. And it's uh, it's a, probably as amazing a story because – He's made a recovery, and he's the Canadians are going to have a 25-year anniversary of the Stanley Cup in 1993, and he's going to be there. And um, you know, his wife was in the article was talking about they, you know, they couldn't believe that, you know, that it went so fast that he got sick, and yeah. then all of a sudden he was in a coma. And then I'm certain that they probably had lots of days they didn't think was going to happen like this. They said it was so amazing they're going to write it in a medical journal report on this patient and what they did and how he made it. And it was basically a 24-hour surgery. They left him open, cracked open for 24 hours because they had to replace each organ at a time. And and uh, like you and said, they were ter- they were terrified about uh, um, uh, about infection and. Yeah. Um, my goodness! And unbelievable. Uh, I play, you know I played a lot of games against Odie when he was in the uh, when he was in Montreal. I was in Hartford then. And, yep. Um, and uh, tough, tough guy to play against. And in, in the game when the rules weren't quite the way they are now. Yep. Um, he was no fun to play against. Oh, I bet. Well, uh, incredible story. So everybody, check it out. Um, so Tom Wilson, he was at it again. Last preseason game. 
cuts across the ice, 20-game suspension, uh, very long and probably deserved. I guess, uh, you know, obviously there's been lots of written about Tom Wilson, especially after, you know, winning the Cup last year, and he's the type of guy you need, and he's extinct in the game, and, and, and but he's very valuable. But give me a break. Last preseason game. Come on. Well, all those things, all those things are true. Yeah. Right. Like they, they, yeah. they're all true, including the give me a break. Yep. You know, like the, the last preseason game. There's just the only thing that should be on your head when you're, or in your head rather, yep. when you're a veteran in the last preseason game, is just get through it healthy. Mm-hmm. Like when Sunquist cuts across the middle, there's really no. There's no reason for that hit to be as dangerous as it is. There's no reason for it none. to be in any game. None. But in a preseason game, none, zero. And the the crazy part about this is he's not a he's not a dumb guy. If you talk to him, he's a really nice guy. However, something happens where he's got this block when he gets on the ice that he just can't quite figure it out. And for those that say this is on Sunquist because oh. you can't cut across the middle with your head down. <laughs> oh, there is no rule in the NHL rule book I checked that says you can't skate around the ice with your head down. There is no rule. There is a rule that says you can't hit somebody in the head if it is a dangerous hit. Now, in international hockey, it doesn't matter if it's a dangerous hit or not. It's just it's a, either a two or a five and a, ten, and a game misconduct if you hit somebody in the head. So the 20 games, I, I was shocked because the, the Department of Player Safety just doesn't hand those out. No. But I'm glad they did. I, I, there's just, it's just got no place in the game anymore. It's, it's amazing. I was with you. I was shocked at 20 games. Now, I was uh, reading something Elliot Friedman put out, and he said that from what he knows, the NHL office itself was lit up with phone calls from – teams and other players and every saying you got to do something about this guy you have to blah blah i, I don't know if that's true or whatever but elliot's well i mean pretty plugged it, in. you know elliot's obviously very reputable yep. if he says it is then he heard from somebody that it is yeah yeah um i i just i there's just there's just no comprehension on his part as to what is and isn't man available to make a hit on now, I never played that game, as you know. I never, you know, that wasn't my game. But if Tom Wilson comes across the middle of the ice and his stick is on or near the ice, his shoulders will be flat. Mm-hmm. And when he delivers the hit, his shoulders won't go upwards. And that's where he gets into problems. Watch the hit again on uh, Sunquist. Mm-hmm. His stick is off the ice. He goes to deliver the hit, and his shoulders point up. It, it's it's a recipe for suspension all the time. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I would say, hey, do you think he'll learn from this? But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, like, you can say yes or, I don't, you know, but the I answer mean, is I don't know. 20 is no joke as far as his pay as well, as what he's, you know, what he's losing. Like, is he's getting he's over a million dollars. Yep, yep. He's letting his team down. He's, he's cost him a ton of money. All of that, if, if this isn't going to make an impact, I don't know if, what, what would. Right, so, yeah, I guess yeah. the answer is nothing well. If it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's, he's now in Rafi Torres territory mm-hmm. with the league. Yep. Now, remember when Torres came back and they, um, and they thumped him with a half a year suspension? 
that was the end of his career. Yep. Now, he was much older than Tom Wilson, but the next one, if this is 20, I can't even imagine what the next one would yeah. be. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we talked about William, William Nylander's uh, contract uh, battle with the Maple Leafs last week. You predicted it will go into the season. You are right. It is going into the season. He's losing some money every day that he doesn't uh, get this thing done. And uh, Brendan Shanahan, who I like and I really respect, and I'm, I'm glad he's he's president of the Toronto Maple Leafs and seems like a good guy and a funny guy and everything else. I, I wasn't really down with his comments. Uh, he mentioned uh, to the media, and it wasn't directly related to Nylander, but you can be sure that he was trying to get the message through that in Detroit, you know, when they all took a little bit less to keep that team together and they talk about it now and being part of a winning team was, was great. And they all sacrificed a little bit and uh, Brendan, there's no salary cap back then. So uh, yeah. Well, I, I don't know that that was the best example he should have given. <laughs> okay, thank I mean, you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I understand what he was trying to say. Uh-huh. However, at the time the Red Wings were, their payrolls were in the mid 60 millions. Yep. And there were teams with 18 to 25 million dollars. I don't think the Red Wings were taking that much less. Money. No, I don't believe there was some sort of, you know, hey, let's keep it together for the band here. Now, I I would think you know, if he could redo that press conference, maybe he'd word things a little bit differently. But it, you know, it it's not an easy contract and there's reasons it's not an easy contract. You know, Nylander doesn't want to get left standing at the station if he signs, and then Marner and Nylander or Marner and Matthews sign next year, and they lap him. Not just get in front of him, but they lap him. He's going to feel like he got taken, and so he's trying to project into the future to make his contract demands, and that's really difficult to do. Like, how do you have the right answer if you're the Leafs? Because it's critical that the Leafs get this one right. Because this is the yeah. the first step, you know, through yeah. Nylander, through Marner, yeah. and through Matthews. Now, you'll you know you'll get your shorts in a knot. But I told you this in July after they signed uh, Tavares. I, mean, I like Tavares. I like him as a person, but I don't know if they needed to do that. And the implications here are very clear. If there's eleven million more dollars per year, but there's eleven mil eleven mil more of salary to be handed out. Yep. There would be eleven million dollars more available if they didn't sign John Tavares. But they decided that's the way they wanted to go. And this is the first step of now they've got to dance around a really sticky cap situation. And I don't know what the easy answer is. I mean, if it's a two year deal, well, then Nylander doesn't get the free agency anyway. Yeah, you know he. Yeah. So now you're you're trying. You know he's trying to bid forward with his money or with his salary demands, and and I frankly don't know what the answer is. One thing for sure is you, your answer is do not take the hometown deal to stay together as Brandon Shanahan was sort of hinting at. I think players that take less money to stay in a city um, only for the promise of winning or the promise of trying to win, I think it's foolish. Yes. And the reason I do is because there's no guarantee to win. And if you know, people are saying, oh, what if it's a half a million dollars a year? Well, on an eight-year deal, that's $4 million. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Now, they, you know, the 
they mentioned the Leafs and you know uh, people that write and and commentate on the game. They mentioned that you know Tavares probably could have pushed the envelope somewhere else, yep, yep. but he took seventy-seven million, eleven million a year in Toronto. He's already made forty-four million dollars. Yeah, it's easy to take a little bit less if you've made forty-four million. Nylander has not made that. I just, I just don't understand why we six five to seven AAV. I, there's, it, there's your answer. It's got to be in there. He can't think he's worth more if you look at the players that he's comparing himself to, and he can't. And the Leafs can't possibly think he's worth less. Like I don't understand. I mean, the, the yeah. Dave, to me, the David Pasternak contract should be the high end of it. At six six. Yes. Yeah. Like that should be the high end of it. Yeah. I and hope. So, I mean, are they? I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but it's not an easy deal to come up with. Um. And, you know, there is a saying that, you know, a good contract means that each side's a little bit unhappy. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that's possible here, but, um, the, you know, the fact of the matter is that the Marner and Neyland, the Marner and Matthews contracts are real complications to, um, uh, to William Nylander getting a deal done. I, uh, I tell you what, I, I was pretty – I thought – I didn't know if it would go the season as a fan, just reading everything and listening to things. I thought they'd find a, a place to, to get it done and all that before the season started. You didn't think so, so that made me change my mind a bit. And now, you know, with um, everything that's going on and with Shanahan saying that, I can't, can't you see the Nylander camp digging in even more and being like, oh, no, no. No, no, we, we can't – Well, the, you know. I think they're in already, right? Like, yeah. Otherwise, it would have gotten done. Is the dry so, is the dry sidle deal holding eight eight five for for Leon? I mean, is that what they're? Well, I bet you they are looking at that because uh, the the comparable would be, um, you know, okay, because they they know the big boy Matthews is coming down the pike. Yep. Right. So I can see why that would be um, something that they would look at. How, however, it doesn't fit because a I think Edmonton overpaid on dry sidle. Two is that Edmonton didn't have a a third guy in this case Marner to have to deal with too. Yeah. Yep. Plus they didn't have Matthew or um, they didn't have Tavares as well. I mean, like the Leafs are in a little bit of a jackpot here, and you got to try and find a way out. Well, now I now I don't know. Now I, I got more frustrated with, with Shanahan's comment. I just think it's going to go even longer now than I thought. I, I really thought it would. Well, just... the the one thing we do know is it. It'll all be settled by November thirtieth. True. Yes. One way or another. One way or another. Right. 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 Yeah. I. Uh, I thought of you instantly when Shanahan was saying that, as you and your your thing last week on the show. You know, hometown discounts are for morons or idiots or something. You said. Yeah. And, you just, it yeah. just because here's another You're reason right. why why it's no good for you is that you take less money, however much it is. Then three years down the road, the team says, you know what, we're We'd like to um, we'd like to move you. I know you got a new trade, but will you you know will you agree to a move? Well, what are you going to do? Of course, you're going to have to agree because the team doesn't want you. Yeah. Well, you gave up. You bargained for that no trade, and they came. They're not helping you anymore. So this is. Yep. It, it's silly to think that you can help the team enough, and then when you retire, what's the team going to do for you? It's awesome to win. I imagine it's the best. But it's also the time you don't get many cracks. It's setting yourself and your family up. Uh, and and 
he's got a chance. Speaking of contracts, Columbus Blue Jackets are in a sticky situation in pre-agency, not free agency, but pre-agency. Uh, Artemi Panarin and uh, Bobrovsky, the goalie, uh, basically, uh, Panarin has said that he is testing the water next year when he's a UFA. Bobrovsky has pretty much said that without saying it, like put the team in saying he's he's going to test UFA status. Um, what should they do? What will they do, Ray, do you think, with these two a great players? This is they're, they're in a tough spot here because they were one of the better teams in the league last year. Mm-hmm. They've got really high hopes this year, and, of course, a lot of it has to do with both of the players, with Bobrovsky and uh, Panarin. So you can't let them both go for nothing. Like, that's, that's a disaster. Um, but how do you say to your fan base, which has not exactly had multiple playoff series to go to over right. their existence, how do you say to them, yeah, it's not going to work, so we're going to have to trade our two best players? So my guess is they hold on to both of them mm-hmm. and they get themselves into a position to, to read the season late in January before the trade deadline. And they, unless something really is, or a team is just be- begging for a goalie, I think they keep Bobrovsky and move Panarin. Yep. And so if they move Panarin, I mean, that's the way – I'm looking at it right now. If I move Panarin, um, you know, I would get a player back mm-hmm. that can play right now. Plus, I would want, you know, some futures, even though Panarin is, you know, out of a contract at the end of the year. Yeah, you'll still get something. Absolutely, yeah. But for the goalie, I don't know how you would replace him. Like, you're, if you're in a playoff race, you're a good team, and you trade Bobrovsky – and you don't get a goalie back, which you're not going to get, not one of equal caliber, yep. then all of a sudden you're going, to, uh, you're going to tell your fans, yeah, we're going to go into this playoff run with, yeah. uh, uh, with Jonas Corpusallo? Yeah. No, thanks. Who's actually getting the, the opener? Start. Did you see that? He's starting oh. t- tonight. No, I did not. Yeah, because they have back-to-back, and Bobrovsky's starting the the – the Friday night game. Well, it doesn't matter. He can play the first game. He can yeah. play the second game. They just, he's not the starter. Yeah. Um, Even though he's the starter now, yeah. he's not the starter. Yeah, first time in whatever, six years or something, that Bobrovsky hasn't gotten the opening night start. Um, yeah, it's uh, – what I don't get, though, Ray, is – I mean, look, you're free to handle your situation however you want, and maybe these guys don't care about the fans and their reactions and, and sort of all that. But if you look at the way Tavares – and Stamkos and some other guys have handled the year before they go to UFA. You just you, you there's a playbook for it, right? Uh, focused on the team. We'll deal with that in the summer. Uh, I don't know. I haven't made any decisions. I like it here. You always say you like it there. You always say you love it. And the fans are great. You always say that. And you just say, you know, we're going to handle it in the summer. In the summer, even if you're not, even even if in real life behind the scenes you are handling it with your agent. And you know exactly what you're going to do. You just you play it by the playbook, and now you these guys have both maybe turned fans against them uh, somewhat, and it creates a distraction. Well, I, don't know if I don't know if they've turned fans against them, but what they have done is throw a cloud of uncertainty over everything. Right, that right. The whole thing is people are going to be talking no about matter, it all they, year. Say they get off to a great start or a bad start. Yeah, people are going to talk about this. Yeah, it doesn't really matter, good or bad. Right. I just don't so, see a win, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't see a win in saying what they both said. I just don't understand that. 
Well, they'll both win because they're both going to make a lot of money. <laughs> right, right, but but I mean, as far as but this whole year, like, yeah. No, 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 it's not going to help this at all. Just look at Tavares. Look how he handled it. And he probably, and John didn't probably know at that time, I don't feel like that, you know, he knew what he was going to do. I'm going to go to Toronto. I, I doubt that. But I just, that's how you handle it. You don't just come out and be like, hey, next year, I'm going free agency. I'm testing the waters, which Panarin said. And, and you're, that's your right to do that. But just don't say it. To me. Yeah, he just—he basically said, "I just I want to go somewhere bigger." <laughs> right, right, right. So unless unless Columbus imports about three million people, I yeah, the problem. He probably goes back to Chicago. I think he probably loved it there. Um, Chicago's got no cap room. Yeah, I guess. Right. We'll see what see what they do in the He's summer. New York, New York or Florida. Right, okay. right. Um. Anyway, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see that all year long. So, but you, even if you lose goalie Bob, you hang on to him in your opinion. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, if your team is a good team at the deadline, I'm keeping goalie Bob, and I. But I'm not letting them both leave for nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what what they do there. Uh, all right, a couple more things, and we'll take some Twitter questions from uh, from you listeners. Thanks again, PaulPocky.com, PaulPocky podcast with the great Ray Ferraro. Um, all right, so Carolina Hurricanes. I saw your reaction on Twitter. We'll cover it a little bit more here. Carolina Hurricanes are going to rock the Hartford Whalers uniforms a couple times this year. And I think that's awesome. I have a Hartford Whaler t-shirt I wear. Um, I love the logo. Uh, and all, But you, Ray, you're being a bit of a Grinch with this. You're not that stoked on it. I think it's... No, I don't like it. And the reason I don't like <laughs> okay, it is that yeah. Tell when, the, when the team moves to Carolina, yep. they did everything but dig a ditch to separate themselves from Connecticut. Like, they wanted nothing to do with the Whalers. Now, the fans, and there was a strong group of fans that kept making a connection. Uh, Chuck Keaton was the radio voice or the voice of the team in in both Hartford and Carolina, so there was a connection uh, Mm -hmm. there. Um, But there was no connection at all. And then all of a sudden there's a way to make more revenues and they're like, Hey, let's bring back the Whaler Jersey. It has no connection to the Carolina hurricanes, none zero. It's about money only, which lots of teams do with their third Jersey. But mm-hmm. this one is, this is blatant. It's about <laughs> money and that's it. I thought you'd be a little happier to be honest. Holy. I mean, you wore the, the whale Jersey. I thought you'd be, yeah. Okay. No, not uh, I'm not buying this. Right, right, right. Okay, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, before we get to uh, a few more questions, give us a now. Last year we did a complete team by team preview breakdown and everything else, and and it went well. But I, we went with the two part uh, Ray Ferrar NHL career to start the season this year, and I think people really enjoyed that. Also from from Twitter and different notes that I got. But uh, let's briefly touch on some teams, right? couple teams you're really uh, hyped on that you think are going to surprise and a couple teams that you think may go backwards this year. And you can go one team, two teams, three teams, whatever you want. But uh, give, give us a couple that uh, maybe you're, you're, you're a little higher on than other people and a couple that you might, might let us down. Well, I think, I think people like Florida, and I do. Yep. Um, I like the top end of the roster. Um, you know, the, the Barkoff, Huberto, Trocheck. Um, the Donoff, those, those are good mm-hmm. offensive players. I think their defense is better than adequate. The question mark for me will be, can Roberto Luongo hold on and go? Like, can he be healthy long enough to give them Luongo-type 
yep. goaltending. And, and, you know, I mean, he's not getting younger, and that's a, that's a bit of a challenge. But I think Florida, uh, adding Mike Hoffman, who is a goal scorer, um, he doesn't, you know, he's not going to do a whole lot else for you, but he is a goal scorer. Um, I don't know. I don't know that they're a team that's not going to make the playoffs. I, I think they're, I've got them right on my cut line. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, th- I think they're exciting. I think they'll score. Um, and I think they'll do, I think they'll have a good season. Um, I think Buffalo will have a decent season. Yeah. Um, you know, they're again, the top end of their roster is, is really, really exciting to think about. Uh, I, you know, it's going to be in my mind, Rasmus Dallin versus Elias Pedersen for the rookie of the year. Um, there's a lot of terrific rookies, but you know, Dallin is just, a, he's an outstanding, outstanding yeah. young player. Um, I think Buffalo's. I think Buffalo's going to be pretty good. Um, as far out west, I I don't really see any. I don't see a team in the surprise vein like yeah. Colorado last year. I just yeah. I don't see that. So I would say those would be my two biggest surprise teams. All right. Okay. Uh, by the way, um, our our package for the Knights it starts tonight. We're going to the home opener here in a little few hours. But I bought nice. I bought the uh, Sabers game separately because of Darlene. And Eichel, of course, too. But I, I'm like, yep, I want to see Buffalo. When's the last time that happened? Where someone yeah, that, that'd be a few years ago. Purchased a ticket specifically to see the Buffalo Sabres. That's what I did. Yeah, that's uh, that's not a statement that's been made very often. <laughs> no, no, no. So okay, uh, and disappointing teams. What do you think? What do you, a couple guys, uh, a couple teams that might slip back? Well, I think Anaheim's going to slip back, even though their their win yesterday notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they'll not. I think I know they're going to miss the Kessler, Eves, Perry trio. Um, even when those guys come back, not Perry, but the other two. Yep. You know, they haven't won't have played in a long time. It's going to be difficult for them um, to catch up to speed. So I, I think uh, Anaheim could step back. Uh, just, I, I think they're set up to be decent for the next little bit because they're. Their young guys coming are are good players, but mm-hmm. I just don't I don't see it. I think Colorado's going to step back a little bit. A lot of things went right for them last year. Yep. I just don't know that that they've got it uh, again this year. Um, I don't I don't think it's a a disappointment, but I don't think the Rangers are going to be yeah. you know what we're accustomed to seeing from them. Yeah. Like those would be three teams for me. I uh, just. You know, quickly that you know that are they got probably a longer way to go. Sure, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, let's get to some questions here from our listeners. Thanks again. You can always submit them to at Paul Pocky. Don't submit them to Ray because he gets too many replies and he won't. I just don't notice them. I see, I miss them, and then yep. yeah, send them to Paul Pocky for sure. Yep. Uh, okay, so Elvis Jenner says, uh, why does the league not have an adjustable cap? Cap plus income tax percent. If you play in a state with zero income tax, your cap is 100 million. You play in a state with 40 percent income tax, your cap is 100 million plus 40 percent, and so on. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't really like that. But well, the the reason is so. Say you're John Tavares, and you sign in Tampa Bay, um, where there's no state tax, and because of that. Um, you sign for a certain number and then you get traded to a team that has a state tax. And yeah. so are you going to, how are you going to make that all fit? 
It just doesn't. The fact of the matter is the teams that figured out, hey, we don't have state taxes, can be an advantage to us. Um, they're just lucky. Yeah. But I, I do like the idea, the general idea of like the NBA, where you have cap exemptions for signing your hometown guys. Right now, the only thing in the NHL is you get one extra year. That's all you get. But in the NBA, there's there's a there's a it's a soft cap. You can pay a penalty. You can uh, it it's, it rewards you for signing your hometown homegrown guys. I like that better than NHL hard cap. And, and your idea, uh, and you you had an idea, Ray. I don't disagree. And you, I don't disagree. Yeah. I think it. Um, you know, I I think one thing that maybe the players will chase next time is because the owners are going to try and limit the length of contracts. Like that's that's for certain. Yep. Um, I, I can see them trying to bang it on a, a five-year lid on the contracts, but I could see the players saying, why can't we have an exempt player? Yep. Just one per team that sits outside the cap. So your cap's $72 million and you don't have to have you don't have to spend more than that if you don't want to, but if you want to have an $11 million guy outside of that, go yep. ahead. Yep. Which, yeah, you brought that up last and year. It was a good a idea. percentage of the yep. cap. Yeah, it's a good right? idea. Um. By the way, Barry Sachs tweeted you. I saw how random is that. He just brought his name yep. up last week, and then he tweets you. Yeah, so. uh, that was uh, that was good to hear from him. Barry's uh, Barry was um, the head of talent at ESPN two when I was just getting started, yeah. and uh, really gave me my first break into television. So it was pretty cool to hear from him. And he threw a dig in at the Rangers, at his Rangers while you're always, so always a diehard Ranger right, fan. Right. Uh, New York accent, he's got. <laughs> Uh, all right, so Justin L. says, uh, what's the worst chirp Ray heard in his current analyst role between the benches? Could be directed towards Ray or someone else or the ref. Uh, you don't need to name any names, but was there been one lately that made you laugh or, or really was a good one? Well, I, I don't think, you know, worst or whatever. I mean, yeah. you hear a lot, and, um, you know, like guys would constantly be saying to Leo Komaroff, who talks a lot, you know, they'd be saying to him, speak English. Like, what are you talking about? Speak English. <laughs> but he was speaking English, yeah. <laughs> which that always cracks me up anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was a player, um, well, it was Steve Ott, and he skated by the Leafs bench. This was a couple of years ago. And he said about one of their players, he's like, hey, don't worry, guys. I know you guys all hate him, but I punched him in the face for you. So you can thank me later, but I punched him in the face so you guys don't have to. And I just thought that was really good. <laughs> that is a good one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that might have been said about Tekin in back in the day. Um, yeah, what, speak English? For sure. Yeah. Nobody yeah. could understand him, right. even his friends. <laughs> uh, Alex Lord said, will the NHL change the expansion rules that were in place for Vegas for the Seattle expansion? No. It's uh, they they announced, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything's going to be the same. Here's the thing. like, People got all jacked up about, oh, the Vegas got too many players and they got, you know, they got a run of too many good players. When they picked that team in July, you know, a year ago, July, nobody, and I mean nobody, said, wow, no. they got too many good players. This is a Stanley Cup contender. Yep. Nobody said that. Yeah. It yep. just fit for them. Yep. I think Seattle's got a, a, you know, a more difficult road in front of them because whomever the general manager is is not going to be able to pull some draft picks out of the hat like George McPhee did. Everyone will be a bit smarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like anything, second yep. time through, yep. they'll have it figured out a little better. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan Copes, this is okay. So this is uh, third show of the year. Let's make make a mark of this. Third show of the year, but first tweet of many. 
that says, Ray, can you please get into management, get hired by Vancouver, and clean house? So this is the first tweet of the year for Ray to go in and into NHL management. Well, as I've said, I, I would love to be involved. I really would. Um, I think I've got stuff to offer. However, I've never interviewed, and I don't pursue it, so I, I don't imagine somebody's going to pop out of the blue and say, hey, why don't you come and interview for assistant general manager or president's job or something like that. I, I just don't see it. Uh, Nathan wants you to clean house, and one of the names he named in Vancouver was Jay Beagle, who just played his first game for Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, they, um, now I, I can say for certain, had I been the general manager, Jay Beagle wouldn't have got a four-year contract. Yeah. Uh, Randy Pepler wants to know, who's a better skater in their prime, Cammy or you? Uh, probably me, yeah. I would say. Um, I, I was I was pretty agile. I could I could go. Cam was Cam wasn't the same type of skater. She was she was more smooth, more mm-hmm. um, I don't know. She wasn't super fast. She played more. She was more of a head a heady player. You know, like yeah, so yeah. when I watched her play and watched tapes of her play, she was one of those that always seemed to be in the right spot at the right time. And I was skating all over the place. I don't know if I was getting anything accomplished, <laughs> but I was skating fast. We did get a question. I think it's buried now, but uh, how'd you guys meet? Uh, we met in L.A. Um, okay. I was playing there, and uh, she got hired after the 98 Olympics to be so for the, oh, what would that be, the 98-99 season. She got hired as the color commentator on the radio. Oh, and, oh I didn't know that. Um, so we met there, and then... Um, she went back to train uh, because she decided she wasn't sure she wanted to play again. And she's like, God, oh, I miss this so much. And so she went back to, uh, to train. And um, the next year we ended up in the same gym in LA training. Luke Robitaille had hooked me up with a trainer um, who actually extended my career. And it, as it turned out, Cammy was training in the same place. And um, so we kind of started to stay in touch and, yeah, that was that's right. where we met. Good stuff, uh, David Wilmot. Can you help me understand the Gagne to the Marlies loan that the Vancouver did? Uh, well, I, I guess they're doing them a favor, and the yeah, Marlies cool. said, yeah. "Yeah, the Marlies have had room and wanted uh, a veteran guy on their lineup." So the Canucks didn't really have a lot of room in Utica. They were going to have a whole bunch of young guys that they want to play, and they didn't want. Gagne plugging up the, you know their their road in the American League, so um, he wanted to go back home towards Toronto if he was going to go to the American League, which of course he was going anyway. I mean, you know Toronto didn't have to do this, and neither did Vancouver, but yeah. they worked out a deal for him, and um, it's good for him. Yeah, absolutely, and it'll just help the Marlies, of which I am a fan of somewhat. Defending. Yeah, I mean it, it'll help up. the Marlies. It'll make them a better team and. He, honestly, Sam is a really good guy. He's a really, really good guy. He'll be, um, he won't want to be there, but he won't make, sh- he won't make it so everybody knows he doesn't want to yeah, be there. Yeah. Um, TJ Cascone asks Ray, we've heard a lot about Darlene and Pedersen. Any other rookies that we should be keeping an eye on? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. Frank Saravelli at TFN.ca has got one thirty rookies. You should be watching for. Mm-hmm. There's a, whole pile of guys. Uh, honestly, Kotkaniemi in Montreal is really, really good. 
Like I, I think he's he's going to be a terrific player. Ryan Donato in Boston will be uh, is still considered a a rookie, even though he played a little bit at the end of last year. And all he does is score. Yep. You know, he's he's one of those guys that just zips around the ice and does his thing, and then oh yeah, would you look at that? He scored again. <laughs> right. So um, those would be a couple of guys. I mean, sure to go on team to team to yep. team. Um, there's a lot of young players. Uh, honestly, read Frank's article because he outlines them and he goes through them. Um, you know, Jordan Greenway might be another one in in Minnesota. Great big guy, six foot five. Um, I think he's got a good career in front of him. Um, that that would be another guy to keep an eye on. All right, uh, Logan Anderson says, has Ray made it back to Portland for a Winterhawks game in recent years? Uh, not since Landon, since Landon played, so it would be 10 years or so right. since, uh, since I've watched a junior game in Portland. Uh, last question from Dale Hunter's helmet. Ray played with a lot of guys who went on to coach, as you detailed last week with those Whaler teams. What current players do you think will pursue coaching careers after they retire? you got one or two guys that really stand out for you as, as sort of... Uh, hmm. we'll coach. I think Thomas Placanitz will coach somewhere, um, whether it's back home or in the NHL somewhere, uh, he strikes me as a, as a guy that will coach. Um, that would be, that would be one guy. Um, hmm. Let me just go through again. These, these questions are, are hard because Mm -hmm. you know, you all of a sudden you start thinking about hundreds and hundreds of players. Um, maybe Justin Williams would be another one. I'm trying to think of guys towards, uh, the end of their careers. Yep. Yep. Um, maybe Morgan Riley. He's got a really, really sharp way about him and the way that he sees the game. That would, that would be another one. Um, Bozak maybe. Just, Tyler Bozak seems like no, not not the right guy there. No. Like I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, that's the thing is you say no, and maybe that would be you know would be the case. Um, just going through Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New. You know, you start going yeah, through yeah. Yep. team to team to team. It's hard to say, but uh, a lot of guys get into that thought towards the end of their career. And um, but those would be, you know, yep. those are a couple of them. Um, I'll think on it, and then uh, maybe we can revisit that. And I can throw out a couple other names. Right. Okay. All right. Well, sounds good. Another addition of pulp hockey into the uh, into the books. By the way, if you want to be part of this show let me know send me a contact form uh we're always looking to uh help promote a company or anything like that uh ray will uh will even throw you something on the show a plug or something so please let us know uh use the contact form on pulphockey.com if you're interested if that's something that you uh you'd want to be a part of but uh regardless we are going to do be doing these each and every week what's your schedule ray for the next few days uh, I'm, on, I'm on the road with the Leafs next week uh, i've got games tuesday and thursday tuesday in dallas thursday in detroit so uh those will be my first regular season games of the season looking forward to it is it is it is it something cool yeah, for you time too? To go. yeah 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 it's time to get going but i mean i'm not i'm not crazy about the travel that goes with it but i'm yeah. uh looking forward to getting going there was only somewhere to just like star trek uh get you there without getting on a plane yeah, my like, kids are telling me it's all about teleporting these days. So. <laughs> well, fantastic. Hey, thanks uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, really appreciate it. And, Ray, thank you for the, uh, for the insight, and we will, uh, we'll talk next week, man. Thanks. You betcha. Have a great weekend, and uh, if you're in Canada, enjoy uh, Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.